Welcome to The Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 133075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 18th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And co-host, Keelan Harvey. You're a local mortgage experts bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And our lineup for today's show, Tiffany Goff with Edward Jones. Are you concerned about paying for your kid's college? Well, today, we're going to be talking about 529 savings plans with Tiffany. Also in studio, Austin Chapin of 360 Credit Consulting, all about credit repair. And last guest in studio, Michael Pollock with Northwest Premier Brokers, the evolving Seattle area market. Great information. Grace gets in, guest in studio. Again, for her con- to connect with our guests, please call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 41150 or online at com, And we'll start out today's show just as we do each week with a little money chat. Money. Money. Well, since Keelan and I are in the mortgage space, sometimes I bring in some mortgage stuff, sometimes we talk about some other stuff, but today it's mortgage. We're going to talk about day one certainty, underwriting innovation to reduce, reduce risk and deliver speed, simplicity, and certain certainty into mortgage process. As part of the day one certainty, Fannie Mae offers income, assets, and employment validation services to lenders through its leading mortgage underwriting system, Desktop, otherwise known as DU. In addition, Fannie Mae will provide freedom from regulations and warranties on appraised values through collateral underwriting and enhanced waivers on property inspection requirements. So we've actually seen a lot of these recently, uh, Keelan, with some of our purchases and refinances where appraisals are not required. So together, these initiatives delivered greater speed simplicity and certain to lenders and borrowers. They also bring stronger risk management and promote greater digitalization of data and processes to the mortgage industry. Now benefits, working with digitalized providers to validate income, employment and assets, lenders are cutting the process steps and reduce the turn time, the turnaround time to underwrite mortgage loans. Also potentially decreasing appraisal escalations through the uh, uh, collateral validation process and also utilizing more junior underwriters to process applications thanks to the simplified processes. Now, this makes it more efficient staff and lowering the cost to the consumer. Now, by enabling fewer touches throughout the process, underwriting cycle times have been cut on an average by as many as 12 days with lenders that are utilizing the day one initiative. In addition, in the course of digital risk activities, it has cut the average cost to produce each loan by more than $2,100. This means that the consumer is not having to provide supporting documentation because the verification process is being validated without the documents. Pretty cool and pretty streamlined. 
Uh, ultimately, Fannie Mae wants their customers, the lenders, to have confidence to lend with less work and hassle to the consumer so that more qualified borrowers have access to affordable mortgage credit. Now, many lenders are failing to take advantage of this game changer. So ask your lender if they offer the day one certainty. Uh, given the benefits of day one certainty, why don't lenders take advantage of it? Well, the reluctance may stem from un familiarized with the program, a misled concern that they have to make major changes to their systems and processes, or the simple fact that the mortgage executives' times and attention turn to the other priorities, such as operational and regulational issues. Now, they also may not recognize that the upfront participation cost primary fees paid to the third-party data verif- um, validators, as well as the money, upfront money that has to get their systems up to play, will yield a compelling return on the investment through lower cost to produce the short cycle times. Now, both major government sponsors, Enterprises Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, are streamlining the mortgage manufacturing to make securitizing and acu- um, acquiring mortgages more efficient. Both seek to enhance the borrower and originator experience by offering different toolkits and resources. The day one certainty can greatly enhance the speed, efficiency, and cost effective of the mortgage process. So benefiting lenders and borrowers, and I'm sure we're going to see more coming down the pipe as technology and all of the great resources become more available. That's your Money Chat today. Coming up next on the Money Hour, are you concerned about paying for your kid's college? Tiffany Goff with Edward Jones right here on 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Does the Seattle area real estate market scare you as a buyer? Are you looking to sell your home but not sure how to maximize your home's potential? You need an industry veteran with years of experience at your side to guide you from start to finish and help you achieve your goals. Michael Pollock with Northwest Premier Brokers is the resource that many Seattle area buyers and sellers have utilized to make their real estate dreams happen in this unique and challenging market. Hi, this is Michael Pollock. I'd welcome the opportunity to meet with you and learn about your real estate needs and discuss how Northwest Premier Brokers can assist you in accomplishing all of your goals. Visit me at seattleareareallestateteam.com or call me direct at 206-399-1345 today. You may have noticed our community is experiencing a homeless crisis like never before. But what you might not know is that homeless families, especially mothers with children, are on the rise. They're one of the fastest growing groups right now. They are unsafe on the streets. And although they may not be visible, they are out there and they need our help. Mama's Hands is changing lives in our community through the House of Hope. It's a shelter for women and children in need. House of Hope provides not only support services, but a home like environment for these families. After they graduate from the program, House of Hope staff continue to keep the families engaged and supported through a whole year-long aftercare program. I'm Kimberly Jackson, director at Mama's Hands. We would love to have you get more involved in helping homeless families and individuals in crisis in our community. Please visit our website at mamashands.org. That's M-A-M-M-A-S-H-A-N-D-S dot O-R-G, mamashands.org. Thank you. Is money controlling you or are you controlling your money? Tiffany Goff with Edward Jones will keep you on track of what's important to you. Tiffany recently won the firm's exclusive Spirit of Partnership Award for Outstanding Performance. This is Tiffany Goff with Edward Jones. You can reach me at 206-363-2518 
or you can reach me online at tiffany.goff, that's G-O-U-G-H, at edwardjones.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. And co-host Keelan Harvey. You're a local mortgage expert right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 18th show. It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so that you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. In studio right now, Tiffany Goff with Edward Jones. Are you concerned about paying for your kids' college? Well, today we're talking about a 529 savings plan. Tiffany, thank you so much for coming back into studio. Hey, it's great to be here again. Thanks for having me. And a little bit about Tiffany. Tiffany started her financial career in banking in 1990 and has worked for several banks and other financial companies for the last 28 years. In 2014, she found her home at Edward Jones, and she loves what she does. Seattle Magazine has recognized her as a five-star wealth manager in 2017 and 2018. Also, she won the firm's exclusive Spirit of Partnership Award for Outstanding Performance for the last two years. She was one out of only... 1,152 financial advisors out of the firm's more than 16,000 to receive the award. Tiffany personally loves getting to know people and helping them in whatever life strategy that they're in. Is money controlling you or are you controlling your money? What's important to you matters most to Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, Let's start out. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure, that's great. Um, You know, I grew up in Seattle. Um, went to schools around here, uh, Blanchett High School, which is now Bishop Blanchett, um, and then community college, and just been working around Seattle my whole life. And, you know, I love hobbies and jewelry making and a little bit of everything and antiquing and what have nice. you. Well, and you like diamonds, too, because you give your clients a diamond. Yeah, all my clients get a diamond. I'll, I can talk, about, talk that about that later. We're going to talk about that later. Hey, when your name's it. Tiffany, you got to do diamonds, right? got to do diamonds. Cool. That's so awesome. <laughs> so, Tiffany, why uh, Edward Jones out of all the financial institutions that are out there? Well, you know, for me, a couple things that stood out for me was when 2008 happened, um, you know, a lot of stuff really went bad with a lot of firms. Mm-hmm. In 2008, not a single person got laid off with Edward Jones, and we're the largest partnership in the world, which we didn't take any federal funds or anything else like that, and we don't have to answer to stockholders. Plus, I get to run the business the way I want to run it and treat people the way they want to be treated like I want to be treated, like the Ritz-Carlton mm-hmm. or Tiffany's experience. So that's a huge thing for me. And the other thing is Ted Jones said, Money was never his god, and I that resonates with me deeply. So, yeah, money's a, money's a tool, but it's definitely not a god. Yes, I like that. That's really good. I, I went to Kennedy, by the way, just FYI, oh, John F. Kennedy and Beerian. Yeah, private and school. And he was private in the financial school. arena as well. Yeah, yeah we got a lot Ooh, in common. We do. Yeah, jeez. Well, uh, <laughs> let's talk about value proposition. It's very important. Uh, what is your value proposition? You know, I really want to get to know you because I want to know what's important to you. Because if I can't build anything for you unless I know that, so it's really getting to know what's important to you and all the things that matter. And then I use an established process that is, you know, it's a firm's process, but then I also have my own process as well. 
and we're going to partner with you throughout your life. And I tell people, think of me as your own personal CFO. Anything that you would want to talk about money, you should be talking to me because everything really revolves around your money, and it makes your decisions that way too. So, Tiffany, brand is really important for a lot of reasons. Obviously, to have a successful business, you need to build a brand. But I believe that brand also connects with uh, what your brand is and how you take care of your clients. So talk a little bit about your brand, because there's some uniqueness to you, Tiffany. There is. My brand is joy, and um, it comes from my heart. And I want to talk about money, and I want to have people have joy in their hearts. So my thing is joy is it's Jesus first, others second, and myself last that keeps the joy and integrity in my heart. And that makes them see that my decisions are made based on them, not myself. And that's a huge thing um, because yeah, I don't want them to be fear. You know, a lot of people have fear about money, and I want them mm-hmm. to, when they finish talking to me, they've opened up about their deep personal things, that they have joy after they've talked to me, and they usually do. I mean, it's amazing. I get the emails and cards afterwards saying this was the scariest thing, but I made it fun. So that's a huge thing for me. Yeah, and I totally we get what you're saying because yeah. we have the same thing in the mortgage industry. You have, you know, clients coming to talk about mortgages and think, oh, my gosh, you know, we can't do this. And even if you do have to give news that is not the best of news, you, you're able to put a plan together to let them know what they need to do to be successful. So love that. And being in, I mean, I've been in both fields, so I find that on both fields, it's all about the education. That education gives them mm-hmm. confidence and they can kind of feel like they're making decisions. And I think that's important. So You just get around, Keelan. I do. I yeah. get around. Yeah. Speaking of education, I was I have a I have a two and a half year old at home, London. She's amazing. Oh. Love her. Took her to the doctor's this morning. She got some she got shots. Shot. Oh, so cute. <laughs> yeah. That's all in dad today. But I've been thinking about uh, putting some money away for college. I mean, you got to start young. It's a lot of money, inflation. It's a scary thing. What are your thoughts on that? It is very scary. You know, I mean, when you went to Catholic school, too, so you know how expensive even Catholic school is. But um, So that's the problem. A lot of people don't think about that. And what happens is they start derailing their retirement to fund their kids' education. And that's a bad thing. If you start when they're two, like you, then it's not so bad. If you start when they're 15, you're going to really have to (laughs) dial it up pretty hard. So, you know, and and I know I have certain clients that are just like, my kids are going to just have to pay for their own education. I don't care. And then other parents really care about it. But there's a lot of knowledge and power in knowing this. Like I just ran some numbers just for fun because I'm that kind of girl. An average four-year school would be, a a regular state school would be anywhere from 21,000 to 47,000 for four years. This Mm. is not Seattle area, by the way. (laughs) So if you look at the University of Washington just for 2019, we're talking tuition only over 52,000 for four years. Yeah. And let's look at 2029, which is close to when your daughter will be going to school. University of Washington, just for four years of tuition only, 81,000 and up. Yeah. Ouch. That's crazy. So let's talk about what Keela needs to do and some of our listeners as a parent to help prepare for this uh, cost that they have coming up in the near future. Well, one of the best things you can do is open up a 529 plan, and that's a great plan because everybody else can involve, you know, put money in it. I have clients that put their mom and dad put their money in it, the cousins put their money in it. Because, you know, especially when they're too, you know, they get those little obnoxious gifts that you hate as a parent, you know, those Mm -hmm. annoying, squeaky ones. Um, You know, you don't want those. You can tell your friends and family, hey, this is for their education. Put this money into the account. And at that point, 
they're so small, they're not going to realize it. I mean, you know, as they get older, they're going to want the really expensive things like an iPhone. But if they understand it's for their education, that's mm-hmm. a huge thing. Another thing you can do for preparing for education is maybe starting them out at a community college to get their prerequisites out. That's a good idea. Oh, um, yeah. To save some money and then, you know, get once you get the prereqs, then go, you know, go to your four-year of choice or whatever you want to do. So those are a lot of things you can do, but we make it fun. All of my clients get a cute little gold piggy with their name on it, and it says love mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or whoever's setting up the account. Mm-hmm. And the kids love it, and when they get an allowance, I hear from the parents that the kids are putting change in their piggy themselves. So when their piggy gets oh. full, we deposit it in their Azure Zones account, and they're good to go. I hope that's so a big awesome. piggy. It's a pretty good size piggy. <laughs> hey, the goal is to empty it out once a month. The goal yeah. is just to empty it out once a month. I so. love that. And, you know, I just saw you earlier in the week uh, at, a, at a networking event. And, you know, I loved how... Um, uh, was it? I can't remember who it was that gave the the shout out. Had you just set up this, you know, plan for her, and and it's her her kid's birthday's coming up, and how she just really likes the idea of all of the family members to be able to contribute to that. So I love that. That's got to be awesome and a little mm-hmm. rewarding. You got it all set up for mm-hmm. them. I'm getting inspired here. So okay. y- you mentioned 529. Um, I know there's many ideas with funding your kid's college. What are the benefits of a 529 plan? Well, the nice part is, again, anybody can contribute it to it, which is nice. And the money grows federally tax-free as long as it's used for qualified expenses. If for some reason they don't um, end up using it, you can give it to another child without a penalty. And you can also, what I love about it now, even more so, having been a kid that went to Catholic school, you can use it for elementary and private high schools as well, as well now, which is really nice. huge. So, um, and, it, and it covers more than just room and tuition and board. It covers everything else. It covers your books. It covers technology that they need for it. Um, so it's more than just a basic plan. So, so Tiffany, recently parents uh, received a letter from the GET program. What's that all about? So there's a there's a state-run program. It's called the GET program, and people were contributing to that, too, where you were basically buying college credits. And the thing with that is, it, is they really didn't manage it well. Um, a lot of my clients that were doing the 529 actually earned up getting more money, which ended up being more credits. So a lot of people are really confused with the options on the letter. So what I tell people, the best thing is to sit down with me with your most recent statement and the letter mm-hmm. that you got, and we'll look at the really best option, what to do with it, it whether it's to continue on it or to switch it over. Um, it really depends where your kids are age-wise and their school age and all that kind of stuff like that. But it's really weighing the goods and the bad for you and making the decision. Yeah. Tiffany, what if uh, London decides not to go to college? I stuff all this money in this account, and she really disappoints Dad and doesn't go to college. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case, I, but... What if she doesn't want to go to college? Well, the coolest part, I think, is it can be used for anything else. It can be used for trade schools, like Jean Juarez Beauty School. Maybe she wants there to go, go be um, an IT person. You know, maybe she wants to be in tech. Um, it's not just a college plan. Um, another thing is can be transferred to any eligible family member. I even have one client that used it to get her master's degree because her child did not want to go oh, to school. So come back she around turned around and parents. used it for her master's, Ooh. which is something that she'd always wanted to but she yeah. didn't have the money so that uh. was a huge thing so and it, it also can be used for other things too but it will be taxed and um, your gains would be taxed on that uh, but you know it's still a great way to suck away some money and you know get it all nice and safe yeah. for you and you know the most likelihood is she may want to go to some sort of school I would agree yeah, yeah. I hope 
<laughs> Maybe it's community college. I don't know. Whatever she wants to do, I'll love her regardless. Yeah, exactly. So, Tiffany, is there any impact to financial aid if they have a 529 plan? Well, what's nice about the 529, too, is it's still under the parent's name or the grandparent's name, so it doesn't really put a role in your FAFSA application, which is nice. Yes, okay. Well, on top of that, are the 529 plans transferable if your child decides not to attend a vocational school? or? Yeah, you can transfer it to, say, you have another daughter or a, a niece or a nephew, as long as it's a family line. It sounds like the underlying factor is just education. You, education. As long as it's going to education, mm-hmm. it can go to who it needs to in your family. Yeah, and if, if you don't use it, again, you can you can take it out. Anything that your money, okay, say you put in 5000 any of your gains would be taxed on it, and then you'd have a penalty on top of that. But these plans are returning really great rates. So, I mean, when you think about you're just being taxed on the gains, it's not so bad. Yeah. yeah. So, Tiffany, uh, can you talk about the uh, target date funds in the 529 savings plan? Yeah. So, basically, how it works is as they're younger, when they're like zero to, that sounds like crazy to say zero, but, you know, when they're like a month old until eight <laughs> years. <laughs> you know, everybody talks about yeah. weeks and months and whatever. Oh, yeah. um, so, zero to eight is um, is it a more aggressive fund because it's, it's really looking at we've got a longer window. And then from the nine to 13-year-old gets a little less aggressive. And then the... 14 to 18 gets very almost very very safe kind of like kind of like your target dates for retirement it's kind of looking at okay they're going to be going to college at this year we're going to kind of slowly dial back the risk awesome okay and it does it automatically it's not something that you have to call and say hey we need to change this we're automatically switching it as they age got it so for those that are a little less risky tiffany um what about CDs? What's happening with Edward Jones and CDs? Well, it's it's pretty neat because a lot of people don't know that we have CDs, too. Um, mm-hmm. For a lot of people don't know. Some people don't know what the certificate of deposit is. Um, but so we actually have Edward Jones CDs, and they are all FDIC insured. And it's a great place to put your safe money. And the best part about it is we have really great rates that tend to beat most of the financial institutions out there. Because of us being the largest partnership in the world, we go to banks and we say we want to buy 20 million of this CD. And they turn around and say 20 million. And we say, by the way, we want this rate too. You -hmm. know, and then what we do is we turn around and pass it on to our clients at the face value. So if you put 100,000 in, you get 100,000. You're not paying anything for it and you're good to go. (laughs) <laughs> so, Tiffany, thank you again so much for uh, joining us back in studio. It's always a pleasure to see you. And I love your Tiffany uh, Tiffany jacket today. Thank you, darling. Rocking that blue. <laughs> Coming up next to the Money Hour, Credit Repair with Austin Chapin of 360 Credit Consulting right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Is money controlling you or are you controlling your money? Tiffany Goff with Edward Jones will keep you on track of what's important to you. Tiffany recently won the firm's exclusive Spirit of Partnership Award for Outstanding Performance. This is Tiffany Goff with Edward Jones. You can reach me at 206-363-2518 or you can reach me online at tiffany.goff, that's G-O-U-G-H, at edwardjones.com. Would you like to make a real difference for local individuals and families that are struggling with poverty, homelessness, abuse, and violence? Assistance League of the East Side is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that works to improve the lives of our neighbors every day. With your generosity, we can help individuals and families right here in our community through our philanthropic programs, including Operation School Bell. 
This year, Operation School Bell has provided 3,500 local children in need the opportunity to shop for new clothes, shoes, and coats. This helps them focus on learning and they go to school with more confidence. To learn more about how you can become a volunteer with our organization or make a tax-deductible donation, visit aleastside.org. Does the Seattle area real estate market scare you as a buyer? Are you looking to sell your home but not sure how to maximize your home's potential? You need an industry veteran with years of experience at your side to guide you from start to finish and help you achieve your goals. Michael Pollock with Northwest Premier Brokers is the resource that many Seattle area buyers and sellers have utilized to make their real estate dreams happen in this unique and challenging market. Hi, this is Michael Pollock. I'd welcome the opportunity to meet with you and learn about your real estate needs and discuss how Northwest Premier Brokers can assist you in accomplishing all of your goals. Visit me at seattleareareallestateteam.com or call me direct at 206-399-1345 today. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. And co-host, Keelan Harvey. Your local mortgage experts right here at 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, August 18th show. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint, one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, Austin Chapin of 360 Credit Consulting Credit Repair. Austin, thank you so much. First time in studio. Excited to have you. Tina, Keelan, great great to be on here, and I really appreciate you guys having me. Awesome. A little bit about uh, Austin. Austin is with 360 Credit Consulting, is a regional sales manager for the northwestern region of the U.S. He's only 25. He's the youngest one that we have here in studio. A little envious. I just turned 50, so you're half my age. I just might as well say that. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, When he's not working, he loves to play golf, working out, um, disciplining new habits into his routine that he believes will contribute to success, and most importantly, spending time with his friends and family. Austin, thanks for joining us, buddy. So uh, 360 Credit Consulting, uh, what exactly is your title? So uh, my title, as Tina said earlier, is a regional sales manager um, of the Northwest region. And uh, with 360 Credit Repair, essentially my mission is here to help lenders and borrowers close the home loans that they're falling a little bit short on. These can be people of all nature that are below a 600 that people need to get closed on the home loan or that have a credit score that are at 620 and they want to get up to a 680 to get a better rate on their mortgage. So Austin, what is it that that you're doing for the company? So I'm here for business development. I Mm -hmm. meet with lenders and branches and banks um, all across this Northwest area in order to um, obtain some of the clients that are falling short on those home loans. That's a big deal, really. We get, I mean, the mortgage Mm -hmm. space, you know, credit is a huge deal for people and how it can affect their futures. And they want a home and it could be that one thing that stops them from that perfect program where they're comfortable moving forward. So you do quite the service, Austin. Absolutely. Um, And I know uh, kind of the credit repair has a reputation of uh, pestering a lot of the lenders, and we're not here to do that. We're here to give transparent and honest communication and really help you guys contribute to the success that you already bring. Well, we appreciate that. So what specific duties do you perform? 
Um, so I do everything from actually touching the clients and the borrowers, uh, giving free consultations where I go line by line with some of these clients to see what we can remove off their credit report or running what-if simulators to see what we can use to best utilize their cash to fix their debt-to-income ratio, to um, pay down credit cards, and et cetera. So, Austin, what happens when you initially contact a borrower or a lender uh, for services? Um, so whenever we're speaking with a lender, um, that lender then refers me over to the client. Mm-hmm. I talk to the client one-on-one, give them a line-by-line consultation um, to see if we can actually be fitting for them and get them to that growth of a credit score that they need to be at. Now, every now and then we run into situations where this is where credit repair can get a little bit nosy into people's businesses and um, people kind of get pushed to get enrolled into these programs. We're not here to do that or to milk out a client for six or seven months. We want to see if you have a successful credit report that we can serve to get you into that home loan at the fastest time available. And that's why it's nice, Austin, that, I mean, you're going directly to the lender. The lender's building a relationship as we have with you, and that's why you're here in the studio. Um, And then you're getting that introduction from the lender. So I really encourage for all the listeners out there, listen to your lender. You've built the relationship and uh, that rapport with them, and they're going to connect you with the people that you need. And if you're listening, I mean, credit repair is so important because it's kind of like if you get a speeding ticket and you don't hire an attorney, most likely you're going to pay for that speeding ticket. But if you have an attorney that's going to come into court, they know the rules and how that ticket was issued to you. It's the same thing with credit repair. There's violations and things that are happening and how uh, things are getting reported on your credit late or not. If they're not getting reported accurately in the way they should, they have to be deleted. And that's really what the expertise of a true credit repair company is going to be able to offer you. A lot of misconceptions, too, you'd say, Tina. I mean, a lot Mm -hmm. of people just don't have a really good understanding. It's super complicated on what you should and shouldn't pay Mm -hmm. and and percentages Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Um, We do a lot with debt, Austin. So debt to income for people getting home loans is important. You know, it really is a a line in which how much home can they receive or afford per se. Uh, Give us some tips on how to deal with revolving debts as it's referred to with, with credit. So um, in the mortgage industry, there is about 52 algorithms that FICO uses to pull someone's credit score. Now, whether you're going to Wells Fargo, where they use RELS, or Bank of America, where they use Landsafe to pull credit, those algorithms can actually change to see. So therefore, using a what-if simulator that we have specialized with 360 Credit Consulting, we can analyze what algorithm is being used to pay off those outstanding revolving accounts to maximize your highest increase in credit score. And it's important to understand how that affects credit because revolving debts and the percentage that you have, if it goes over that uh, 30% ratio of 50 can be devastating. So just really understanding that. Also, can you, um, Austin, talk about how damaging it can be to close out accounts that are not being used, which really is a myth uh, sometimes that consumers feel that that's going to be benefiting their credit? Yeah, um, if you have an open line of credit of $1,000 and you're not utilizing any of that credit opportunity, you're actually hurting yourself on on your credit score. But if you close that account and you've got a history, let's say, for two years on a revolving credit card and then you go close that account, people think that might be good when reality it can be devastating because now you've lost that history of that account. Is that correct, Austin? Yes, we run into that all the time. It is uh, good to keep that account open and revolving. So get the advice first before doing anything, (laughs) right? Yes, absolutely. And always keep that um, utilization underneath 30% on your credit card. So, I mean, we we see often um, on people's credit reports, you know, you went to the doctors, a bill comes you never saw, and next thing you know, there's a $150 bill from a 
uh, a doctor or some nature, of, uh, maybe it's a speeding ticket. What about the collections on there? Can you tell us about the best way to handle collections? Now, some of the best ways to handle collections, um, definitely this is something that we need to see on the credit report. Um, if you have a collection that is withstanding within a previous of 8 to 12 months, it is probably best not to pay off that collection because it are, has already taken the ding on your credit report. Now, if it's within the 8 to 12 months, um, that is where you would definitely want to call into us to get that free consultation to see which way we can best utilize that open capital that you have. See, that's why it's so important talking with an expert. Can you believe that? Do not pay off your collection account. And there's the another, and what happens when you pay that off, it's actually you lose that history from that account. And the better way is if you've got to pay it off for lending, because sometimes the lender is going to say it needs to be paid off, it can be paid off at closing, where only you're going to have a soft pull, not a hard pull, where it's paid off before and it's going to affect your credit score. Correct, Austin? Yes. Yeah. So, Austin, um, why don't we talk about the big one a lot of people are freaked out about these days, especially with technology, identity theft or fraud. What are your thoughts on that? So identity theft is actually very common. Um, we actually see eight out of 10 credit reports actually come in with some oh type God, of identity crazy. theft, identity fraud, or that's a duplication that that's sitting crazy. on there. So if you actually have seven out of the same nine social, securities match, social security numbers matching someone else, you can be at risk of identity theft or identity fraud. Um, and that's just a mistake that's done on behalf of the credit bureaus because at the end of the day, they're just a data repository company. Mm -hmm. So they have to actually pull all this information from these creditors to see what information is um, reporting correctly. So Austin, uh, share a little bit about bankruptcy and how bankruptcies can um, affect your credit score, what can be done uh, to improve your credit score when you've had a bankruptcy. Now, what we see on a credit report with bankruptcies, um, I like to think of them as a large umbrella. Um, you take all of your charge-offs, your profits and losses, and you stick them all underneath the date that you declared bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing most of the time is that some of these dates of these charge-offs or these profits and losses are sitting outside of the bankruptcy as well. So they are double reporting on your credit report, therefore they are double dinging. And these are just a lot of small common errors that people just don't necessarily see underneath the human eye. You kind of have to take a magnifying glass to really figure it out. And isn't it true, really, it's not the bankruptcy as much that affects the credit score, it's the actual uh, lates and things that happen from those accounts that are being pulled into the bankruptcy. Is that correct, Austin? Absolutely. Yeah. Austin, I always say in the mortgage business, not all companies are created equally, and I would imagine it's the same with the uh, credit repair industry. Uh, what separates your company from others? Um, what I would say is our personalized one-on-one -on -one service. Um, for a lender perspective, we offer a monthly pipeline that you are sent when your client has enrolled and when their estimated repull date is and all the current homework that that client needs to do in order to increase that credit score. Secondly, um, I would say that you work directly with me and my team. Um, I have an inside account manager and a customer service representative that are very keen on the phones and there's no lost communication between what is going on with your account. Um, some of these credit repair companies, they kind of get so big that they have large call centers. Um, we still stay very homebodied and mm -hmm. honest to the client. So, Austin, what about the uh, time frame and the cost associated to credit repair? Because you guys are you're really great in both of those areas. Yes. Um, so, averagely, um, the expected time to get a return on your credit report to where it needs to be is 90 to 120 days. Um, and the consumer has a lot to do with that, right? If they're doing the things that they need to do. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. We can lead a horse to water, but we cannot make a drink. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but that is what we're here for. We're here uh -huh. to hold those clients' hands sure. and get them through those tough times. And the cost, Austin? Um, and the cost is $89 for the startup fee and $69 each month going forward. 
and we expect you know three to four months of that servicing. Yeah. So I know, uh, Austin, that you're a big networker. So tell us a little bit. I know we're kind of changing gears here, but tell us why networking is so important to you. You know, uh, networking is um, one of probably the most dominant things that I was told by uh, my mentor on what I should do. You know, I'm on this radio show here because I met Tina Mitchell Mm -hmm. and she spoke on that as well. And I see how successful she's become in her industry. So um, I I really believe in the mortgage, uh, whether you're a realtor, a lender, um, in titling, it is extremely important to have a strong band put together in order to grow and share your sound with the rest of Washington. Love that. And the the importance of really networking uh, with the best of the best, and we're all connected together because we're providing that service to our clients, but there's a lot of us it takes to cover that whole arena. So Austin, a consumer comes in for a mortgage and we pull their credit report, obviously, and they're surprised to see their credit score is different because they've pulled it on my FICO score and they're not really aware. I mean, you've talked about the 52 different algorithms and it's going to be different even when they pull for a car versus pulling for a mortgage. Can you share why? Yeah. So out of those 52 different algorithms, um, there are four different lines in in this industry. There's the insurance, the auto, the mortgage and the online industry. So whenever we're seeing a lot of those online reports, we are getting a different utilization of those algorithms. Now, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac stepped in and said, whoa, 52 algorithms, there's way too many. So they narrowed it down to eight. And each scoring method that is used in the uh, mortgage industry is a combination of three out of those eight algorithms rather than all 52. And it it really makes sense if you think about it because it's all based on statistic. Well, take the online out of it because they just think they're getting their credit score, but it's all based on statistic. Obviously, there's going to be different risk factors that are going to show if somebody's applying for a home mortgage versus a risk factor that's going to show for uh, auto or for um, insurance. So it makes total sense. Exactly. So, Austin, uh, everybody's dying to know. They learned a little bit from you today, or a lot, I should say. Where can people go if they're uh, searching for some credit help? So, you can actually call me directly. My cell phone number is 303-550-4753. Once again, this is Austin with 360 Credit Consulting. Look forward to your calls, and uh, let's see what we can do for you to get you into that home. Love it, Austin. Thank you so much for coming into studio, and thank you for everything that you do for all of our buyers that need some uh, credit assistance. Thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Coming up next on the Money Hour, the evolving Seattle area market. Michael Pollock with Northwest Premier Brokers right here at 1150 AM, KKNW, after the short break. Is money controlling you, or are you controlling your money? Tiffany Goff with Edward Jones will keep you on track of what's important to you. Tiffany recently won the firm's exclusive Spirit of Partnership Award for Outstanding Performance. This is Tiffany Goff with Edward Jones. You can reach me at 206-363-2518 or you can reach me online at tiffany.goff, that's G-O-U-G-H, at edwardjones.com. Would you like to make a real difference for local individuals and families that are struggling with poverty, homelessness, abuse, and violence? Assistance League of the East Side is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that works to improve the lives of our neighbors every day. With your generosity, we can help individuals and families right here in our community through our philanthropic programs, including Operation School Bell. This year, Operation School Bell has provided 3,500 local children in need the opportunity to shop for new clothes, shoes, and coats. This helps them focus on learning and they go to school with more confidence. To learn more about how you can become a volunteer with our organization or make a tax-deductible donation, visit aleastside.org. 
Does the Seattle area real estate market scare you as a buyer? Are you looking to sell your home but not sure how to maximize your home's potential? You need an industry veteran with years of experience at your side to guide you from start to finish and help you achieve your goals. Michael Pollock with Northwest Premier Brokers is the resource that many Seattle area buyers and sellers have utilized to make their real estate dreams happen in this unique and challenging market. Hi, this is Michael Pollock. I welcome the opportunity to meet with you and learn about your real estate needs and discuss how Northwest Premier Brokers can assist you in accomplishing all of your goals. Visit me at seattleareareallestateteam.com or call me direct at 206-399-1345 today. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. And co-host, Keelan Harvey. You're a local mortgage expert right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 18th show. We bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market, everything when it comes to your money, and we're here to help you in today's market. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show, please call the show at one 855 411 Again, it's one 855 411 or online at com. And in studio right now, Michael Pollock with Northwest Premier Brokers, the evolving Seattle area market. Michael, thank you so much for joining us in studio. Thank you very much for having me, Tina. Nice to meet you. Yeah, a little bit about Michael. Michael is the managing broker and owner of Northwest Premier Brokers and has been in the real estate industry for 14 years. He also focuses on the metro area. Michael has assisted clients with home sales and purchases throughout the Western Washington. It is Michael's passion to provide all of his clients, no matter their needs, goals, or property type, with superior representation, information, and expertise, and how to make their real estate transaction to a successful one from start to finish. He believes that being a successful real estate professional requires having a real relationship with his clients and treating them just like family. So, Michael, let's talk about the uh, the overall Washington market here. What the heck's going on? Well, Keelan, things have changed. And for the first time in what seems like probably a couple of years now, we're seeing some statistics come out. And they just came out in the last week from the Northwest Multiple Listing Service that are showing a little bit of uh, evolution as to what's going on. Um, the statistics for July, we had a uh, median close price of 415000 throughout the Northwest MLS. That's a 9% increase since July of 2017, which, hey, that's that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing that did happen, though, is that price decreased in comparison to June. So wow. it dropped by $10,000 from the median sales price in June. So that's the first sign that we've seen. Okay, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. Price increases all of a sudden are not going up the way that they have been. Mm-hmm. So... And in comparison to July 2017, there's 328 fewer closed sales than there were last year. Hmm. So less sales. There's more active listings. They've gone up 6% since last year. Uh-huh. And we've got now got the largest volume of active listings since September 2016. And that's pushing up the inventory total, which we typically like to look at it in the number of months of inventory, to 1.8 months, which... That's a significant number because typically in the past we'd always said, well, 
two months is pretty good. Four months is mm-hmm. about an even market. Mm-hmm. And for the past couple of years, we've been, you know, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Of yeah. Even in some board. neighborhood days, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's a significant change in the amount of available inventory on the market. And we also are seeing less pending sales this year than mm-hmm. last year. A 7% drop, actually, in the number of pending sales. So there's some changes in the market going on that a lot of people kind of need to be aware of. And it's that's throughout all of Western Washington. But here in the Seattle area, you know, things are changing as well. And for the first time, we're seeing things that we haven't seen since 2015. For the first time, we've got inventory levels that are up to where we were in uh, the first quarter of 2015. So that's that's a big shift. And although the inventory in King County is still only at one and a half months, which is good, we mm-hmm. really no are No near near a balanced market, which is four. So we're still 100% a seller's market. Exactly. We're yes. still in a seller's market and we're still seeing competition out there. We're still seeing homes mm-hmm. that are selling, you know, 24 hours, 48 hours. That's still out there. But there's also homes that are sitting on the market yeah. that are taking couple weeks to sell, a month or two to sell, and you've got sellers that are going, hey, what's going on? What, where's my multiple offers, and yeah. why am I not selling in a couple of days above my list price? Mm-hmm. And that all comes back to the change in the inventory. So we finally have kind of started to get a little bit of an evolution and get mm-hmm. the inventory that we've been needing, and as that's coming into play, you know, it gives buyers more options. And I also think the buyers are also looking at the market overall and being a little bit more hesitant in their decision making. Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily going after every single property out there that has any potential. Yeah. They're really yeah. focusing on the ones that are highly desirable. And and would you say, you know, too, Michael, with the uh, the change in some having multiple offers, some not, um, some having to lower their price, a lot of that is um, could be of how they're listing as well and, and how they're listing that price and whether they're going aggressive or too aggressive. Would you say that that's some of the reason why there's different things happening in with different homes? Yes, most definitely. What we're seeing, and this started to show up a little bit this last six months, is that properties that came on priced too high to start with, mm-hmm. yeah, too aggressive, were not selling in that initial window, that first week to 10 days on market. And the whole offer review date thing that had been going on yes. for the past couple of years, people were going to their offer review date and not getting a single offer. Uh-huh. So wait a minute, that's a big change from what we experienced over the past two years yeah. when, you know, maybe you've got three, five, ten offers on some properties mm-hmm. to now having none. And then a buyer is looking at that listing and saying, hey, this has been on the market past its offer review date. Yes. So why is, why is that? Yes. You know, what what isn't working for people? Did they price mm-hmm. it too high to begin with? Uh-huh. Is it just not an attractive property? Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing that we're, we're seeing is that if a property is really attractive, and it's priced correctly, then it will continue to move quickly. It'll, yeah. I mean, I've seen some properties that have come on and sold in 24 hours just in the past week, but it's because they were priced right and they had a lot of buyer interest based upon their location or you know what it was that they had to offer. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, speaking of, uh, what Seattle neighborhoods are the, are the hottest right now? Well, in terms of neighborhoods, it, it, areas that continue to be the most attractive for buyers in the city of Seattle have been the traditional areas that people have high desirability for. Mm-hmm. The Green Lakes, the Queen Anne's, the Leshies. However, what we are seeing now is a little bit of evolution where their price points in those areas have reached a critical point where people just 
can't afford them, yeah. particularly if you're a first-time home buyer. Yeah. So some of the areas that are a little bit further outside of town, whether it's north or south of downtown, are going becoming a lot more active. And those are the areas that are really seeing these dramatic price gains as of the last couple of months because people are looking at them saying, well, if I just commute an extra 15 minutes or an mm-hmm. extra mm-hmm. 20 minutes, then I can get something that I can afford that's not... Eight hundred thousand plus yeah. to you know to be a first time home buyer in these price points that we have here in the Seattle market, it, it's difficult for a lot of them. Yeah. So what's that? What it's doing not only to the Seattle city itself is we're seeing those outlying neighborhoods pick up in price, but outside of Seattle, we're seeing some big gains and changes into the prices in Pierce County now. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It, yeah. You've got people that are looking at it saying, "Well, wait a minute." I can go 45 minutes to an hour south in terms of commuting, and all of a sudden I can get into a house that's maybe new construction for just do transit 500,000. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm hearing this more and more from buyers that they're looking at it from the bigger picture and saying, well, does it really make sense for me to spend that much more money for mm-hmm. the product that I'm not really wanting or doesn't really fit my needs just to be closer? to my work yeah. when I can commute a little bit longer and yeah. get what I need for myself and my family. So, mm-hmm. Michael, what continues to uh, push up the prices so dramatic at such a dramatic rate? Well, that all comes back to inventory, yes. as we know, mm-hmm. as it has been for the past couple of years. And as the inventory will continue to increase, we would expect the price gains to slow up a little bit. But until our inventory gets to a point where it becomes more of a balanced market, mm-hmm. then we're still going to have some nice gains to be had over the next six months, 12 months. Um, My expectation is that we will see some better gains in some of the areas that are further outside of downtown Seattle that like we talked about previously. So Michael, our our listeners that are looking to sell, what do they need to know to be successful in this new market we're approaching uh, here pretty quickly? Well, I think the thing that's most important is they need to have realistic expectations Mm -hmm. from the Mm get-go. And in this day and age, the consumer who's considering selling their home is bombarded with a lot of information online. You see these automated values that you know are produced by a number of online companies. Yeah. People get these ideas as to what their property might be worth without actually consulting a real estate professional who gives them a full detailed evaluation of what the market value of their property could be. Mm-hmm. And, and if, a real one instead of giving them something higher, hoping to get the listing because, you know, as you know, there's a lot of strategy out there uh, that way, which is really not the real estate expert you want to be talking with. No. Now, and any estimated value that comes from an algorithm is not going to be accurately determining mm-hmm. what a market value is because Agreed, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't take into account the details of the property. It doesn't use like comparable properties, which is really the true way to determine a market value is using similar properties, comparing them, making adjustments based upon the differences between the properties to come up with your market value that way. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these estimates that you get online are based upon the sales price versus the tax assessment value, but you're using properties that are widely different. All over the board, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. trying to ca- create a ratio of that and come up with a value for properties that could be dramatically different size, age, condition. A lot of things. Yeah. So it's, it's not going to be accurate. Yeah. So Michael, what are the buyers experiencing, your buyers experiencing, and how can they be successful in the market when it's still uh, not as crazy, but it is a, still a crazy market? So what I'm counseling all my buyers right now to do is you still need to approach this market as it's been 
for the last m six months to a year from the perspective of if there's an attractive property that comes on that you're interested in, you really need to, need to make an effort with your broker to go see it as soon as it comes on the market. Mm -hmm. Because those properties that are in popular neighborhoods, attractive price points, they're still selling quickly. Yes. Um, I, I've had two different buyers in the past week where they were interested in property and one 24 hours later was pending, one 48 hours was pending before we could even get out to see them. And this was just over a weekend, not, not even like during the week. So it's important that people approach it from the perspective of, hey, I need to go after what interests me. And then if it's a property that I want to go after, then crafting an offer that's going to be aggressive enough to get the property. And that's, that's important to take into account, even in this market, that you don't know what you're going to encounter for yeah. competition out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is, this is a, it, it is a challenging market. It's challenging because we've, we've come out of a really, really crazy market and not really sure how crazy or maybe that it's slowing down. So you really having that strategy that's going to kind of work all over the market isn't. It's really specific in what's happening. So... It's very specific to each property. Yes. And that, mm -hmm. that's, that's what people need to realize, that you can't approach every single property the same way, that you have to look at and say, okay, what, what do I need to do if this is the property that I want in order to secure it and get it under contract? Yeah, yeah. Well, Michael, I know there's, I mean, especially neighborhood specific, there's still multiple offers going on. Uh, what are you doing differently to help your buyers stand out when there's a multiple offer scenario? The most important thing when you're crafting an offer is to put together an offer that is straightforward and makes sense to both the seller's broker and the seller themselves. Limit the contingencies to ones that are necessary. And you know we've, we're coming out of this period where pretty much people were waving contingencies across the board, mm -hmm. which is you know not really the most recommended way to go about things. <laughs> yeah. And I counseled many a buyer, look, you know, here's my recommendation. You want to do an inspection. You want to keep your financing contingency yeah. in place. That doesn't necessarily mean they followed my recommendations mm -hmm. because if you're going full bore after the property that you want and you've got 10 other offers that you're competing yeah. against, you're doing whatever you can exactly. to try and win. Now, as this inventory issue starts to abate, you can be a little bit more crafty in what contingencies you can include. You can have that inspection contingency. Or maybe you can set up the opportunity to do a pre-inspection before you make your offer. Um, not only that, but... Having your financing ready is essential, not mm -hmm. just Amen. a prequal letter. Anybody can get a prequal letter. Mm -hmm. It's having your financing in for loan approval. It's been reviewed by an underwriter so they know what it is that your situation is. The only thing you're waiting for is a property and a purchase price and the details on the contract. That's essential. And I also recommend that buyers have their lending person contact the seller's broker yep. to answer any questions they might have yeah. about the buyers themselves, okay. their financial situation. Totally. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just, here's the details on my pre-approval letter and my financing contingency about, you know, how much percent down I'm doing, what type of loan it is that I'm doing. But it's important to have every little tool in your arsenal in order to continue to be successful and win in this market. Yeah, great, great advice, advice yeah. Michael. Well, Michael, thank you so much for uh, joining us in studio. Really appreciate your time and look forward to having you coming back. All right. Thank you And much. this is your host, Tina Mitchell. And co-host, Keelan Harvey. We're your mortgage expert signing off for today. We'll be here next weekend, same time, same place, right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Have a great weekend, everyone.
Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Thank you.